Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy. Welcome back to That Trippy Show, where our new goal is to make a show so well-liked by Democrats that Marjorie Taylor Greene offers conspiracy theories about us. Uh, we're two weeks and change into the Biden administration. Alex, what's up? Oh man, there is a lot going on even as we're recording this, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we should just jump right into is something that you've been teeing up for weeks now, Joe, which is that a group of Republican senators came to meet with Biden to basically counter his proposal on COVID. Uh, they had a long discussion. Everyone seemed happy. And then they walked out and Biden stuck to his guns. Um, what do you make of what's going on here? Is there any bipartisanship to be had? And where do you see this going? I think Biden's winning. Uh, look, he he uh, he has talked about bipartisanship. He's made it clear. I think everybody in the country uh, thinks he's trying uh, to find bipartisanship. I think it was great for him to host the ten Republicans. And uh, uh, look, the American people are on his side on this. I mean, you know, I just, poll came out. I think it was the Quinnipiac poll that had uh, sixty-one percent approval rating for Biden, and and something like sixty-seven, maybe it was even sixty-nine percent. Uh, approved of his package, the $1.9 trillion package. The, the, you know, when you get into the six, a high 60s on support for a legislative package that the president's proposed, I can tell you, I'm not sure, uh, I don't know if it'll be 1.9, but it's sure not going to be $600 billion. And uh, I think if the Republicans vote against it uh, in lockstep, then there'll be a lot of Republicans having to explain uh, why they didn't vote for fourteen hundred dollars uh, to help people out, and why they didn't uh, vote to uh, give cities and states the money they needed to keep their frontline uh, first responders, uh, you know, on task and and get the uh, money for vaccines out there. So, I think you know, right now, if if the president has clearly put his hand out and said, let's. Let's work together on this and let's work in a bipartisan way. He said he wants a bipartisan support for it. But if he doesn't get it, it's not him. It's going to be uh, the Republicans. Uh, and we'll see if there are any Republican votes there. So what is different here, Joe, about this particular package? Because it seems like there's always these policies we've got that are into this 50s, 60s in, in public approval, but they never really get anywhere with them. Why is this one so different? Is it just COVID or is it now that Biden's actually doing what he promised? Uh, well, two things. One, I think it's COVID. But secondly, I think, look, you know, Mitch McConnell doesn't control the Senate right now. Uh, uh, before the president wants 1.9, uh, you know, if, forget it because Trump was never for that. But I'm saying if the president wanted that, McConnell doesn't even bring it up for a vote if he doesn't want to. Uh, in fact, bringing it up, just the act of, no, you better come down to 1.2 or I'm not going to put it on the floor. I mean, in other words, there's, there's an added step that's now missing that, again, gets back to why with the president, with the Senate, with the House and Democratic hands, there's a lot less leverage for McConnell to obstruct and also... Um, a lot, like I said, this vote is going to happen. Before, Republicans could just sit back, well, if it comes to the floor, I'll consider it, uh, knowing that it was right. that things were never coming to the floor. Uh, you saw this, you have, you have uh, background checks for gun shows uh, never came to a vote in the U.S. Senate. It uh, didn't matter if the, path, if the House passed it. 
Uh, and Republicans could say things like, you know, I'm for Second Amendment rights and I'll consider it, if it, it, it when it comes to the floor. Uh, I have to look at the actual bill. And of course, the actual bill never comes to the floor. So th they're able to play those games. They can't play that anymore. This vote is coming to a vote. It's going to be on the floor. The, Schumer's going to put it on the floor. It may be for $1.9 trillion. And for all the things that 67, 69% of the American people support, and Republicans aren't going to be able to dodge and say, well, I, I'm going to wait and see what it looks like. You know, they know what it is. Uh, and will they lockstep say no? If they do lockstep say no against something that the American people are overwhelmingly in support of, because, look, everybody understands the urgency here. Uh, we've got to vaccinate hundreds of millions of Americans before these variants take hold. Things like that. People are desperate uh, not being able to pay rent. Uh, there are a lot of people out there, uh, regardless of party, obviously, when you get to 67, 69 percent for this, there are Republicans that are for it. Republican, There's bipartisan support in the country for this. Uh, and the president, I think, is harnessing that. And it's the Republicans who will be not Republican voters out there, but it's Republican office holders in Washington um, who are going to have to explain why they voted against it. And they haven't had to do that for, for years because if there was something they didn't want to vote against or vote for, uh, McConnell just didn't put it on the, on the floor. It's weird seeing how so quickly the, the Democrats have kind of come together around a plan and the Republicans are now just, they seem a little bit more in disarray, even with all these kind of olive branches that it seems like Biden, et cetera, are, are pushing out. Is, is, is there really a, an, an edge or an advantage here for, for Biden to, to push this bipartisan stuff, or should he just go get this thing through? Well, he's going to get it through. Uh, I think the, you know, the question is, is there some sensible compromise? Uh, you know, like I said, it may be a 1.4 or 1.2 trillion uh, dollar package. Uh, but I don't think if, if it doesn't include uh, funding for cities and states, if it doesn't include you know, all these elements to it that are part of his plan, uh, yeah, then then Democrats will have to uh, vote for it 50, you know, with all 51 votes and, and nearly pass it. But the the reality here is the Republicans say, oh, you passed a, a bill that wasn't bipartisan. No, it was bipartisan. The people of this country want to get things done. And you guys are continuing, even in the face of January 6th, even in the face of uh, the urgency in the, uh, with the pandemic, in which we've got to do more, not less. That's every lesson that's been out there in all the other economic uh, troubles that we've had. Uh, they've continued. There's no time for a skinny bill. And McConnell doesn't have the opportunity to put a skinny bill on the floor. And that's what would have happened in the past, right? There'd be the $600 billion plan that these 10 senators came forth with would be the vote that would happen in the Senate. That would be the bill that got, not the president's bill, it would be that bill. Uh, that's not going to happen. It's going to be the president's bill and the Republicans have got to decide whether they're going to pass it bipartisan with him. Are there three or four, or five, six votes or are there none? And I think that the, 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 those that vote against it are uh, going to have to explain to the American people why they did that. So let's move from bipartisanship to the other side of the Capitol building and not so much bipartisan. Um, I think as we're recording this, the vote 
that the Republicans tried to push to adjourn the House before removing Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, just got defeated. So the House should be voting any minute. But that's not really what we're going for right now. Obviously, the other big story this week, uh, Greene took to the floor of Congress said something how she finally believes that 9-11 happened and is talking about cancel council, or excuse me, and is talking about cancel culture, even though really nothing's going on to her here. Uh, so Trump's gone, but it seems like Republicans are starting to kind of coalesce or still around this crazy and, and she's kind of the face of it. How bad is this for him, Joe? And how did the Democrats do it? Well, first of all, they're, we're not removing her. They're removing her from the education from committees. Uh, something Republicans did to Stephen King for his uh, comments for support of white supremacy. So you're seeing, uh, you know, like you said, not a whole lot really going to happen to her other than removing her committees diminishes her power quite a bit, even within her own party. But they're not even prepared to do that. You know, and what, what's so crazy about this was when you look at what happened in the Republican caucus, where 145 of them voted to uh, keep Liz Cheney in the uh, in the uh, leadership on the same day that they voted not to do anything uh, and gave her uh, Marjorie Green a standing ovation uh, in support of her. And you know what? That's really interesting. It just shows the total lack of courage right now in the Republican caucus, because how does that happen? How do you get 139 people vote to uh, not certify the election results, the electoral college results vote. How do you get 139, uh, which is a, a majority of the Republican caucus, and then have 145 people vote to retain Liz Cheney as their one of their leaders? Again, an, an even bigger majority. There had to be a lot who did both of those things. And you know why they did that? Because the Cheney vote was a secret ballot. Right. So it's like the opposite. Before the Republicans used to go out and say things about, you know, basically public support for Trump, public support for Trump, and then trash him uh, in private conversations. Now they're trashing Cheney out in the open and then in private saying, we support you. We want you to be our leader. The same thing's going on with this Marjorie Green stuff, right? Where they are out there uh, defending her and uh, and gonna, it looks like with this vote, uh, you know, straight party line, it appears keep the likes of her uh, with her appalling, you know, conspiracy theory stuff and, and just uh, her own horrible rhetoric and, and attacks on uh, and threats uh, and calls for you know, you know, the death penalty for Nancy Pelosi, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're going to do the, they're going with the crazy. So they vote privately in a secret ballot to support their leader that they've been trashing because she didn't support, because uh, she voted to impeach Trump, even though they all, the 139 of them voted um, to not certify the election results in the, the Electoral College. And at the same time are now very publicly going in lockstep to support the likes of Marjorie Green. It's a it just shows you literally the incredible lack of courage within that caucus to do um, anything uh, that resembles a party that understands its position right now other than 
that's the battle, right? They, they, they can't survive without the Liz Cheney voters, and they can't survive without the Marjorie Taylor Greene voters. That's what's going on here. They, they are a party that has a deep divide, those that are leaving the party because they cannot countenance the rhetoric and the kind of uh, anger that Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Donald Trump uh, incited on January 6th. They can't countenance that. That's why thousands of them are leaving the Republican Party and joining Democrats, literally joining other parties, either independents or, 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 or Democrats. In Arizona, that's happening. And in Arizona, the state party uh, is censoring Liz, uh, 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 excuse me, censoring Cindy McCain, uh, Jeff, Blake. Censor, yeah. Jeff Blake, their own governor. So what, what's happening here, this, this whole, those two votes on the same day just show or, or like create the two poster child uh, for the divide in the party and how the party can't afford to lose any more of the sort of same Liz Cheney um, Republican voters. At the same time, they can't afford to lose the QAnon conspiracy Trump-incited Marjorie Taylor Green coalition or whatever you want to call that thing. And in one vote on, on two votes on one day, they basically just didn't choose, right? They just basically supported both of them and are going to, you know, going to keep powering through. But I think this vote with Marjorie Taylor Greene is just, if it is the straight party line vote that it now looks like, I think that's going to push a lot of these, they're going to lose more, more support with, uh, um, with, with not just within their own party, but I think you're seeing this as, as Joe Biden's favorables grow uh, into right. the 60s here. It, this is not a good look for their party. And uh, uh, But hey, if they want to wear it, fine with me. Well, I mean, you look at what's happening in Utah. The num- In Utah, the numbers are crazy. I think it's something like 7,600 voters have left the Republican Party. These are active Republicans since uh, the events of the 6th, and it's like 800 Democrats. Yeah, no, and it's it's over 10,000 now in in, uh, Arizona post-January 6th. We're not talking about since November 3rd here. We're talking people started leaving the party after January 6th. And we have, you know, we're we're seeing thousands and thousands in Utah, in Arizona, in in a lot of states uh, where we can look at the numbers. We're seeing uh, uh, this, and at the same time, and the, the, I think those are voters who probably respected Liz Cheney for her position of conscience and are appalled by the party leaning even harder into Marjorie Taylor Greene today. Uh, and so I don't think that's going to bode well. I think they're they are literally pushing people out of their party right now. It's 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 crazy. But hey, a, a lot of the, that 139, a lot of them were true believers, I think, Uh you know who who bought the the conspiracy theories. There are, a lot of them are maybe just not quite as outspoken about it as Marjorie Taylor Greene. But that 139, I think, is going to be a, a big problem uh, moving forward for the Republicans uh, writ large as a party. I mean, if you kind of look at it, isn't it kind of good for Democrats if the Republicans pretty much vote on a straight party line to keep her? Having having that kind of crazy sounding opponent's got to help us motivate people, right? 
Well, no, I mean, look, the real problem here, yeah, it's, well, first of all, it's a big problem for the Republicans. That's always, you know, uh, good for, for Democrats uh, to, ha- to have, uh, but but she's, look, it, it, this isn't the last we, we're going to hear of her. Uh, she's going to say other and do other things and not just her. There'll be others in this caucus that will keep playing the crazy card. It may be good for the Democrats, uh, for us Democrats. It's not great for the country. Uh, right. We don't, you know, they're going to still be speaking to millions of conspiracy theorists out there and egging them on. And I think the fact that uh, you have a party line vote today in which the, the, the you know, nearly in lockstep, every, it would appears to be every Republican saying, no, uh, we think she should be on the education committee. She should uh, be uh, uh in a committee that uh, uh, it has a lot of power over the children in this country, and and uh, and she will be a spokesperson for this part, a leader in right. the committee is just uh, uh, that's just not good for the country. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we haven't seen a whole lot from the Republican Party, um, and not a whole lot under Donald Trump, uh, where any of their rhetoric or uh, or positions were all that great for the country. I can't believe we're going to spend even more time on Marjorie Taylor Greene, but here we are. I think it, it sounds like Democrats are already spending money tying the GOP to her and QAnon and all this. I think they've already spent something like a half million bucks on ads, uh, which is pretty far out from midterms. But I think they're targeting eight Republicans, tying them to QAnon, including, I think, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader. What do you make of this choice? Is that the right tactic? Yeah, look, it's it's in the news right now. Everybody's focused on it. Uh, the country, I think, overwhelming majority of Americans are appalled uh, by Marjorie Taylor Greene and QAnon and how and, and the realization after January sixth of just how many Americans have gone down this rabbit hole and how it's an important part, uh, seemingly base of the Republican Party to such an extent that. They won't even take her off a committee. So, uh, look, you know, first of all, 2022 is a long way away. Second of all, $500,000 in, you know, six or seven races, I think, eight races, I think, isn't a big amount of money, but it's it's putting it front and center at exactly the right time when everybody is focused on it. We have to remember these people. We have to remember the 139 who voted to overturn, you know, voted against uh, certifying the Electoral College results hours after the insurrection on, on January 6th. And this is putting it out there front and center early on. Um, you strike now while it's in people's minds. Uh, and McCarthy's a good target. He's a leader of the Republican caucus in the House. And uh, look, he he could have removed her from the committees. Uh, he did that with Stephen King. He didn't do it. Uh, and, you know, King was comparable to her, but in a lot of ways, she's a lot worse in terms of the the megaphone she's has, uh, the conspiracy theories she's she's you know in flames, and I think you know that just shows you the massive sea change that Trump caused in this party. Right. You, you know, King was a comparable you know problem for the party. They removed him from the committees. She now just you know a, a year or two later in that sea change, and they won't remove her. And, you know, look, you don't see 
a whole lot of independents, uh, those moderate Republican women in the suburbs, you know, urgently feeling a need to support QAnon right. and the crazy whacked out conspiracy. So I think all this is is just continues to push people away. And yeah, Democrats should jump on this. We've got to hold that house uh, in, uh, in 2022. It's going to be uh, pretty important. And it's not just her. It is that 139 uh, who voted to not certify the Electoral College hours after January 6th. All of them, to some extent, and now today, when they, when how many of those 139, it looks like all of them plus, are going to not take her off that committee? I think, yeah, this is a time to say, if you want more of this, these are the people that are doing it. If you really want bipartisanship, trying to work together, get things done, think about going independent or becoming a Democrat, but don't look at these people because they're a mess right now. And I think that's not a bad strategy, particularly, again, as I keep saying, if Biden, if with the Senate, if with the House, we can execute, we can get, okay, we don't, if you won't be with us, we'll get the 1.9 trillion that people need, that cities and state need, and and we'll we'll, uh, get the vaccine out there and get, uh, you know, hundreds of millions vaccinated in the next uh, 100, 150 days keep going uh, and the economy is moving. And these are the people that are on the other side. Uh, and, key, you know, and you might be right. If uh, Marjorie Green was on the committee and saying crazy stuff, maybe that would be better uh, for Democrats. But I'll take getting her off because uh, that's better for the country. I mean, one of the things that's going on here is a whole lot of people have woken up. I mean, I think a lot of us heard Trump say things and thought and didn't think in and knew it was inflammatory and knew that he was fueling violent words that were inciting people. But no one, I think, really was not shocked that that symptom, that that disease that he was spreading could show up in Jan- on January 6th with just the horrible, violent, um, radical consequences you know, people dying and and just the, the 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 just the rabidness of it. So that's over. People now know what this all does in ways that they didn't before. Even Trump supporters know what it does now in ways they may not have imagined, even though they lusted for it. They may not have imagined that it could have led to that. But now so you can't say anywhere, well it's just Trump's crazy rhetoric. No, it's real. And she's more of it. Uh, and they're voting to keep her on, you know, to not reprimand her, to not say this is wrong, to not say we won't accept this in our party. And so, again, I think as people realize how actually crazy this stuff is and that they elected some of them to the House, elected her, I think that's going to be a wake up call. That's why I think you're seeing Republicans leave their party right now, because they're if the leadership and the electives in Washington won't say, I won't countenance this. You're starting to see Republican voters say, you might not, but I can't countenance this. I'm leaving. And they're, you know, they're showing, they're, they're walking out the door here. Um, and that's the thing that's kind of bizarre, that the party doesn't realize it can't, there, there is a line. She crossed it. And you're still, and this is after Trump crossed it, and you're still not willing to do anything about it, even when we know what the consequences can be. 
All right. Uh, to close us out, Joe, this week, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to start looking at a couple of different local races every week. And when we see one that you could really make a difference in, we're going to start calling them out. Joe, what do you got this week? So, uh, look, I, I want to call out uh, Virginia 38 State Senate uh, special election that's coming up uh, next month. Yeah. Lori uh, Buckwald is the Democratic candidate. Um, the Virginia Senate is very close. Uh, Democrats have a 21 to 18 advantage. We need uh, to, to grow the, you know, and, and grow that margin. Uh, look, we picked up two House of Delegate seats in special elections uh, a month ago in, in Virginia. So this, it, it, look, it's a red district. Uh, it's uh, been red the past two elections, but it was blue as recently as uh, 2011. Uh, a lot of the things we've been talking about on this show uh, today uh, are reasons to think some Republicans are looking across the aisle. She's got a gap to climb, but this district can shift blue. The fight to start winning these seats, I've been saying since, you know, after I said, look, Georgia happens January 6th. We got to start focusing. And one of the places we got to start focusing where we haven't enough is in these legislative districts. So we'll put a link out there about this. Uh, and about how you could help Lori Buckwald. But I want to give her and her campaign and Virginia Democrats a shout out in the hopes that you'll help. And we'll put that in the show notes uh, for you, a link uh, to how you can help. And next week, we'll have a special guest who will be talking about this, about why we have to fight everywhere at every level. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting show. So with that, um, you know, thanks for listening to that trippy show. A reminder, if you have a question, Please submit it on iTunes and reviews or email us at thattrippyshow at gmail.com. We'll see you next Friday. Thanks, Alex, and thanks all of you for listening.